0: Hello, listener. What you're about to hear is a watery Dash Show patron unlock. This is material which our Patreon supporters have early access to. If you'd like to experience these episodes when they're at their freshest, become a watery Desho Show patron today at patreon.com slash w-a-r-u-i-d-e-s-h-o-u. でしょう
1: Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and embies. Welcome to Wario Show's second stream covering the ongoing anime, Given. And I am Shaden, and joining me today as always is fellow comrade-in-arms and uh, war table member, uh, the subtle doxer. Ahoy. Ahoy. And we're here today to talk about episode 8 of Given, titled Time is Running Out, which I fear that some critics might also use as the title of their essays on the same episode. Oops. Aww. Yikes. That was... I had to. Come on. You know I had to Aww. make that shot. You know I had to fire that bullet off there because it was just too easy. Not that I'm happy that I say that, though. Trust me. I don't want to be making quips like that about this show. But, well, you know, fate and quality, they're both fickle mistresses and sometimes things can go a bit skew if which we'll be discussing
0: imminently. At least it anyway, made me think of... Uh... This made me think of my, you know, my favorite Muse album from back when I was into Muse. I mm. think the, I, I was into the band for their first couple of albums and then fell off pretty quickly thereafter as my tastes began to evolve. But yeah, that uh, the Black Is It Black Holes and Revelations, is it called that album? That's a I enjoyed that one quite a bit yeah i actually
1: uh to put my cards on the table i listened to muse a lot uh, on various music channels when they were still relevant in the pre-youtube stone yeah. age and <clears throat> i actually uh that was like one of the first like big songs they did that came out when i was going to college which for you know you american like you know peasants <laughs> living over in the pond in britain that's like the late end of high school between 16 and 18 as opposed to university why why has the language diverged so much? I'm sure there are people who give me legitimate answers to that, but god it's just confusing
0: sometimes. It really is. Yeah, that is an excellent question. I I feel that I want to go look at the Oxford English Dictionary here across from my office and discern yeah. the truth.
1: Yeah. Well, British British English is just, you know, superior and gentlemanly and refined, as opposed to your, you know, pigeon proletarian crap that you've got there. Uh, but
0: yeah the people yeah i'll i'll forgive you though i'll forgive you it's not a yucky tongue (sighs) so many blended together of all the flavors into but look uh listen maybe we can make that some content for behind the paywall like doc looks up origins of words in the oed (laughs) oh my god people will be delighted
1: Are we going to do, like, you know, the Google I I feel look equivalents of looking at Urban Dictionary? Okay, Doc, please mm-hmm. explain the origin of the word queef.
0: Oh, sweet Jesus.
1: Yeah, um, be careful what you wish for. That should be a um, short
0: entry, right? That'll just be 21st century. <laughs> Twitter. Alright,
1: good. Let's, let's... Right, okay, I'm putting a moratorium on this now. I'm I'm taking this out behind the shed and executing it with both barrels. Um, To get back on topic and talk about Muse for a minute, um, so... Given, like, the previous episodes we've covered thus far on Second Stream, I've had varying degrees of knowledge about the songs um, that have been used as the titles of each individual episode or chapter, if you will. And that's ranged from knowing nothing to knowing something. And this is, like, the first time that I'm actually more intimately familiar with a song than any other ones that I've covered before. Um, Because, as I mentioned, this was played quite a lot on the music channels of yesteryear rest in peace karang and scuzz and all the other various channels like that i still can't believe they call one scuzz it sounds like something you find on the inside of your bathroom plug hole uh anyway
0: it's a cable it's a deprecated cable
1: (laughs) anyway so the music video for this i think is quite important actually believe it or not not just the song because the context of said video is it's a reference to the War Room, which I mentioned earlier in the cast, uh, from Stanley Kubrick's uh Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. And if you're thinking, wait, where have I heard that word before? You might recall that, you know, uh Iweniyama's like, you know, love for Matthew was described like a bomb. So I'm thinking that mm. the context of this song in relevance to the show, and in particular the events this episode, goes beyond just the music. You know, it's like um Seems to be about like trying to drag someone's true feelings out into the open, and also into the more apocalyptic nature of things. Plus, giving us also, you know, bridge the gap between boy love and, uh, you know, Doctor Strangelove, which is a thing I did not expect to happen, but, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Any, any good reference to Stanley Kubrick is welcome, believe me, and Doctor Strangelove is still one of my favourite films of all time, even though it's not necessarily aged particularly well. But you can never go wrong with an insane, you know, like army sergeant or uh, head of a base complaining constantly that the Russians are trying to make him impotent just because he's, you know, completely flaccid. My bodily fluids are ruined.
0: Curse those Ruskies. I mean, it sounds like it might have aged poorly, you know, like 20 years ago, but has come back around to being incredibly relevant, irrelevant and believable. indeed,
1: indeed. (laughs) And I also get the impression now you and I are talking around things like Queefs and Doctor Strangel just to avoid actually talking about the problematic elements of this particular episode. Because
0: I'm no, sorry whatever to spoil. Do I ha- you mean?
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry to spoil here, folks. But um, I have now watched this episode twice, and I'm going to make a disclaimer before I say anything else. What I'm going to talk about going forward is subject to two things. First off, it does not diminish the good stuff that's happened previously. I want to make that absolutely clear. Like I think the stuff that happened with Akiko and Ueneyama in the previous episode, for example, is a shiny moment for anime in general mm. and just how it handles LGBTQ plus content. That has not changed, nor has it been, you know, lessened as a result of what's happened and been explored in this episode. Uh and two, I made the joke about, you know, time is running out being, you know, like the critical appraisal of this particular episode in the anime community, I'd imagine the problems that i'm going to talk about with relation to what's discussed here could very well be obsoleted by future revelations in the final three episodes that we do get and i hope that's the case i really yeah. do want that to be true but i also will admit that a lot of people that i or at least i've got the impression rather that some people might have been put off by given being a slow burner and i've just been here like yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's all good. We, we'll, you know, we'll we'll get some more solid, concrete information at just the right time, and everything will be rosy. And after this episode, I'm well. Well, to borrow the you know the whole uh, you know nuclear war like you know Doctor Strange love thing, I'm going straight up to Def Con two on this one. <laughs> uh, bring bring back the slow burr. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. Um. One thing I'll very quickly elaborate on, by the way, uh, because this is a second stream, our, you know, patron-only advance uh, discussion about uh, ongoing shows, this particular one being given, um, we will not be discussing the events in any great detail. We will reference them for context where required in our points. so we're going to assume that you've seen the episode first. Um, and I'm also going to put out one final pointer, which is that your mileage is very much going to vary on this depending on your own experiences uh with suicide and suicidal ideation Uh, and i'm not even just necessarily talking about personal experiences to you like things that you felt but if you've had friends who've gone through that or dare i say and i I hope this isn't true for anyone who's listening who have actually lost their own lives because of that Hmm. um so i am going to be critical of of what happens in this episode i think you probably have all gathered that by now but i'm speaking very personally about this um of, as someone who has suffered from you know mental health issues and suicidal ideation uh, and expects by the way a lot of comparisons to uh, orange coming up soon as well which we covered uh, quite a while ago but you, you, yeah there's going to be a lot to talk about in relation to that um and finally uh, in case you've not gathered content warning also for discussion of suicide and suicidal ideation which I suspect will take up the substantial amount of the running time of this ep- of this particular episode that- and this podcast.
0: Um, just fair warning there is all. Yeah. Um, definitely a warning about that. And I mean, my little preamble, I-, I think you've said it all really that I would say, I mean, and just, just to echo that, I-, I don't think any of the issues that I have with this episode, and yes, I do have some problems with it, um, invalidate the good stuff that happened before uh, or potentially the good things that happen going forward Um, I guess in some ways like maybe we were always building to this moment with the reveal and the more the show kept putting it off the more I kind of hoped that the show would stay sort of Soaring through the clouds above the fray of all the the sad boys love gay tragedy tropes that it unfortunately feels like are being played in and, and dealt in very much here. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. I still I still like the series. Um I'm still gonna be keep an open mind and be optimistic, but um but yeah, I think the bulk of this episode is gonna be uh critique for sure
1: yep indeed indeed all right then um shall we toss a coin who wants to go first as i get the feeling neither of us particularly want to you know go in on this show as much because given how much we've liked it previously but we can't you know we we can't deny how we feel about it and it's not fair for us just you know put our fingers in our eyes and go la 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 (sighs) not listening not listening no so you know what i you know what I'm 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 Shows like Canary in the Coal Mine. I'm very fond of throwing myself Leroy Jenkins style into <laughs> peril. <clears throat> so uh a, re-
0: a reference I never tire of.
1: <laughs> no, and it's actually freshly relevant, it turns out. Um but that's a discussion for a different day. Alright, so let's <laughs> let's just let's just dive right into it. Let's just run straight into that room and just let the chaos uh come out there. I have a very, very big problem, quote-unquote, with this episode's depiction of what happened to Yuki because if I may be very blunt here, it is paper thin. Mm. Now, that's a very simple explanation of my of my issues, but the thing is, it, it's quite complicated, so bear with me while I just flesh this out because it, it's involved in also the structure of how these events are related to us. And I need to just draw a distinction here. What we have in this episode, um, I should stress... uh, Sorry, rather, I should explain that um, the info we receive about Yuki's suicide comes from uh, one of his and Matthew's mutual friends, mutual childhood friends even, who uh, we get more info on in this episode, named Hiragi Kashima. And we have a kind of weird hybrid situation here where we have a biased kind of like, you know, incomplete anecdotal perspective... Um, from a character, which is fine, being merged with it being related fourth wall breaking styles just to us. Because certainly there's no need to relate the information to uh, Matthew uh, who speaks with Hiragi out in the park, because, well, Matthew knows the events first hand. And part of me wonders if that is a deliberate thing, because to put the context clear on the table here, uh, Matthew and Yuki were indeed dating in high school, having known each other for much of their lives, and they have an argument. And it is described as a simp you know, a very plain, boring, you know, like bog standard soap opera argument. There's nothing serious about it. It's not like you know they've had, dare I say, you know, one of the sound that they've like you know they've been sleeping together. Now they have an STD or something. I don't know. I could I could conjure up a thousand and one scenarios. Um, that uh, would be more serious than what this is presented as, and I should mention by the way we don't even get the context of this argument. It is just simply described in as uh, like as if it's being categorized rather than truly you know given fle- like context and being fleshed out.
0: Do you think it would save the uh, part of the scene here for you if we find out his narration is unreliable and that the argument was in fact a deeply hurtful or something like that? possibly uh there's a
1: there really is a lot to this i need i need to get out there just to because this is the thing like i have gone back and forth on this more times than i can count between first watching the episode and watching it approximately half an hour ago for the second time in preparation for doing this podcast and there's a lot to unpack from it so here's the thing right uh just to get the context on the table uh after this argument, two days later, Yuki gets very drunk um, and resultantly, you know, hangs himself, I presume. I've, I'm assuming that from the info we receive in episode one because there's no visual depiction of it here. Right. And Hiragi, Hiragi mentions, you know, that he Yuki finds him. We can put the pieces together in our head. The context I have just given you of, you know, silly little street spats uh, leading into suicide after drinking heavily... That's pretty much it. It is a sentence long. You could fit it on a post-it note. But as I say, this is that kind of weird hybrid thing where it's both, you know, the possibly well, the definitively unreliable narration or the partial narration of someone who only found out second-hand because Kashima obviously is not like the camera of of the show which is, you say, omnipotent and omnipresent. He can't have been there at the time it happened and to give us the full detail that's impossible but at the same time he's also relating it strictly to what is diegetically a group of people who don't exist we don't exist in the show's boundaries yeah so it feels it feels very very strange to have this happen where it's unreliable narration but it's being presented to people like you know to us specifically and not to anyone else which is why i would be more okay with if say if it was ueno yama Mm-hmm. who was being told this, because it would then actually follow up from the conversation you had previously with Kasai, where she had only rumours, and then we'd progressed to the next stage, which is someone who knew Yuki much more closely, but still doesn't have the full picture, and then you could in theory progress to getting the full story, or at least as full story as one could get, from Matthew.
0: Yeah, it, I would. I... Uh, I would much rather have had him not, like sort of talk in third person at all, or if they're going to do it at all, maybe have it before the conversation with Mafuyu, like when he's texting him, just or or make it so, something like, make it make more sense diegetically, like you were saying. Like, I hate that thing. At, at the end, when he does it the second time, especially, it just feels like the show is sort of trying to force my hand about how I'm feeling, like trying to make me feel... Yeah, it was way.
1: very jarring, I must admit. Um, so, okay. There's all that that I've just discussed about how structurally it just feels very very odd. Like, it feels like it's been stitched together sideways and is kind of leering all over. Um, one thing I am going to point out, but I'm going to point out so I can say that I'm not going to ultimately complain about it, is that for what the show describes as having, you know, as Yuki drinking a lot, there were only six cans there. I mention this just to say that it's very easy for me as someone who drinks quite frequently to just kind of poo-poo that away. Um, Because it seems like, you know, oh really? He had six cans and that was it? I've been to house parties when I was that age, and his age, and seen people drink significantly more than that. Um, Which is why also I feel like it's disingenuous to include that as a reason for his suicide, because we need the context of why he feels that way. And this leads into my biggest criticism of all, and this is why I mentioned Orange. Uh, I believe the lead male guy who was uh, suffering from suicidal ideation was Kakru, wasn't it? That is correct. Yeah. So in Orange, we got the, or as nearest damn it, a complete picture of Kakru's thoughts and feelings, his own inner monologues, all the way from the first episode to the last. We probably didn't necessarily get the complete picture of him as a person, but that's fine. It's not reasonable for an author to lay out every waking second of their thoughts and completely dissect every single part of a person's psyche. That's not fair. But with Yuki, we kind of sit in a weird uncanny valley where, up until this point, I actually would have been perfectly fine with him never appearing on screen at all. Mm. To exist as, like, you know, this like memory this person who's now been lost to time because of what's happened to him but that still has a profound effect i could have like fleshed out in my own head and that's why i say it's kind of like uncanny valley but now we sit in a place where we've been given just enough information but not enough right and i and i'm actually kind of like annoyed at this show for It did so well, or it had, no, when I say it did, it is doing so well with handling LGBTQ plus stuff. Again, stressing from the point of a hat man here, so take that with the salt that it deserves. That it can't afford the same treatment to its topic of handling Yuki suicide, where it just feels like it's very, very diluted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, I guess they could build on what they've done here, but the first impression is really bad. And like you said, Time, they've, yeah. they've, cr- they've crossed this threshold from having it be a part of the story that you imagine and leaving it to the audience to kind of fill in the blanks. It, felt, it
1: felt almost like myth.
0: Yeah, like- exactly. It, it had that kind of, it f- functioned that way for the story. And now they're like, well, no, we're going we're gonna to show it to you. But kind of what they present is um, uh, on one level, like you said, it's really thin. And on another level, it's kind of insulting.
1: Yeah. I'm speaking here, by the way, folks, I'm not trying to, I'm not being academic about this. I'm speaking as someone who has suffered from suicidal thoughts and ideations. I've been to therapy uh, for it earlier this year. And I don't think the subject should be treated so lightly as to, you know, invite people going, haha, he got drunk and then that was all it took and all he had was a minor spat. Like, it's it takes significantly more than that to come to that point, and when I say that, I don't mean objectively. I mean in terms of perception. Like there are people, myself included, who've gone through life and they've got extremely angry and vitriolic over what in reality is minor slights. I'm not saying that you know the argument needed to be full on like you know bloody threats of murder or it turns out one of them was cheating on the other, or any kind of thing that would justify. Leading to that reaction, but in turn, it's about the perception thereof. Um, and this is why I mention Orange again because Kakaru in that show, he obviously, like you know, the events that happened to him were not his fault, but he perceived them as being his fault. And that's important to know. It's important for us to understand because it helps us, re- you know, relate to them and understand that why they've got to the point they have. That, you know, for all the talk of like, you know, oh, man up, it's, you know, it's a it's a world out there that's tough, but you've got to be tough to fight back against it. It's not about that. It's about your perceptions of like how things have happened to you and how people treat you versus mm. reality and trying to untangle them and come to a better understanding of it. That's what happened in my therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. Yuki's story here is practically non-existent. <laughs> And I know that he's dead, so obviously he can't tell that now. But that doesn't mean that we can't have more from people who knew him. Like, you know, this stuff that Hiragi says, it is at best the Wikipedia plot summary. <laughs> it it's <really> pathetic. <laughs> and, and, I, and when I say that, I don't mean like, you know, that that's necessarily a bad thing in of itself, that he's that thin on the ground with telling it. If there's a purpose with him being thin on the ground of it because of his own shame or whatever, then that's fine. But in that case, why is he telling it to the audience and not another person on the show where it would make more sense? Like, you know, if you're telling it to the audience, why have any reluctance or reticence to be honest? That's the entire point of it in a monologue, to have honesty. Otherwise, you know, if you're not being honest or being, you know, forthright with your thoughts or feelings, why bother doing it in the monologue all? It's just deceiving the audience for no fucking reason. Hmm. The the more I talk about it, the more annoyed I get with it. It's really a fucking
0: annoying. It really is. Yeah,
1: and I feel it's like a bit of a disservice to treating
0: that topic like... What are they doing?
1: There
0: are... There are... Clearly things in stories that you can give minimal attention to, like tropes or, or character archetypes that you can kind of, you know, build with some popsicle sticks and snap your fingers and do a little hand wave and it's fine. But like, you just can't, you can't fall down like that here. You can't and be taken seriously. It's a joke. Yeah. If it, it feels kind of disrespectful to
1: the concept. Like, just to have Yuki's, like, plight be portrayed so thinly that... You know, dare I fucking say it, he did basically what happened in Sherlock with Moriarty, where he just killed himself for a joke just to piss someone else off. I hate that part. (laughs) I. All right, look, folks, right. You're probably now pretty clear on my feelings on this. Um, But I need to just. Let's just take a step back here and let's just recheck ourselves and take a pulse check here. Because this is quite heated for me personally to talk about this topic. But I'm just going to again state a couple of things. First off, your mileage is going to vary on this, depending on your own personal experiences, be it for yourself or for friends or family or loved ones when it comes to suicide or suicidal ideation. If you personally think that this is sufficient and you feel comforted by this, I'm not going to judge you or disagree with you on that. I'd rather at least that be the case even despite my own personal grievances with it. I'd rather that some people get some good out of it. Um, And secondly, as much as I make a joke about the episode title, there is still time for this to be course-corrected. We do still have time to get Matthew's full story, or at least the story he can provide. Indeed, that's the point of him singing, because that's how he's going to communicate it to the world. And indeed, maybe he'll have a one-to-one with Yama to properly get that across. Um, So I hope that come even maybe next episode or the one after or the final one that everything I've just said becomes utterly obsolete and you can just say well you know it was old man yelling at cloud for nothing and you know what if that happens I'll be entirely okay with it.
0: Yeah I'd be happy to take this L. Yeah, very I, happy.
1: I, yeah I'll I'll gladly hold my hands up and say I was chatting shit. You know what not a single word I said during this time turned out to be true and that's great there's more to it than that but but we're now eight episodes in of the eleven-episode show, and this is as far as we've gotten to getting like the, you know, a picture of what happened to Yuki, and even just an understanding of him as a person. And it feels like we're not we've not progressed linearly, like in terms of building up understanding on the audience level. Like we've progressed very, very slowly, and then maybe that'll skyrocket up. You know, you've seen curves like that on graphs. Maybe that's what'll happen. But part of me does think that you know. If you're going to cover this as a subject matter, you need to do more or dare I say it, you need to do less and make it that Mm. kind of like, you know, myth amongst the people like that, you know, that's treated with rumors and hearsay like it was with Kasai. Because, you know, as much as I hate to say, Yuki is not a character anymore. The reason Kakaru was given such a massive amount of detail in Orange was because he was still there. You know, it was their journey to prevent him from making that mistake, you know, to save his life. There ain't no doing that in, in Given now. But there is, you know, the pain and sorrow that comes after that. But I am of the opinion that in order for us to understand the pain and sorrow that Matthew is feeling, we need to have a better understanding of how that happened in the first place to Yuki. It can't just simply be, you know, the cardboard character he is becoming at this particular point. I think it's, you know, not sufficient to do a good treatment on suicide this way, if I'm quite blunt.
0: No, it's it's very much not.
1: I mean, okay, I'll put it out there to you folks, right? If you want to offer your opinions to me on how you feel on this, I would actually very much like to hear them at this point, at this specific point in time. Because I, again, feel very conflicted about this. I don't know it... I'm speaking more from feeling necessarily than from being critical, I suppose. And I don't know if that's necessarily the right way to approach this or not. I wouldn't say it's completely without value.
0: No. No way. But it's understandable that this would hurt.
1: Yeah. But I would pref- I would also like to get some other second opinions on it as, as well. Like, it's very easy for me to just try and yell in a vacuum, you know, about this stuff. But I would also like to hear some other thoughts. So I would implore that if you do have some thoughts on this, uh, be it if you're one of our patrons who can talk to me right now as soon as this is released, or at the point this becomes freely available. Uh, then please tell me. I would like to hear that. Uh, and again, like, you know, if I out to be wrong, then that's absolutely fine. But yeah, like, time is running out. It, it's, like I say, we're at DEF CON 2 now. There is an absolute need, in my opinion, for this to be fleshed out before the show concludes.
0: Yeah. The time, t- I don't want to necessarily say the time for revelation is over, but the the final grains of sand are falling through, you know, to the other side of the hourglass here. we We need to We need to be about action and movement and climax.
1: Hmm. Exactly. Uh,
0: Okay. Well, uh, do you you want to pass the baton to me? I I don't want to cut into your time. I know this is a important point of the show.
1: I've I've said about as much as I want to say on that particular topic, but there is something else I'll cover in a bit that actually ties into the idea of time is running out as well. But uh, I will indeed uh, chuck the baton over to you. So, uh, off you go, comrade. Let rip.
0: Okay. All right. Well, uh, I uh, I want to tackle this from everything that we've been talking about here with Yuki and indeed with uh, Mafuyu and the two other childhood friends, uh, Kashima and then the other one with the dark hair whose name I can't remember. Uh, you, you mentioned the paper-thin nature of yuki's characterization
1: i I have a feeling you might i know where you're going with this but carry on
0: uh that you know he he committed suicide because he had a spat with his boyfriend and got drunk i think in addition to being a really just Insufficient portrayal of suicide and suicide victims and mental health stuff. I think this feeds into really harmful, shitty trope of the damaged, tragic gay people. Yep. Right? So, let's, let's look at the checklist. I've compiled the checklist of items that cropped up this episode. And I have to say that the first hurdle, I, I thought that, you know, that they almost were... were gonna drop the ball, but they recovered. Uh when let's see. Um ba, 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 oh, so uh Kashima is talking to us about young Yuki and Mafuyu. And he's saying that they're both missing something from the start. Like, right, you could you could see from the beginning, even when they were little kids, that something was Missing from them. If you want to be uncharitable, you could say that something was quote-unquote off or wrong with them. But mm. the story... I think... I was hopeful that the story would recover here when they immediately pivoted to it was just each other and they were complementing each other, their personalities, their their behavior, and that they completed each other. Um. So... Okay, I thought this is this is almost there. We're almost getting into the whole well, you know, it's a disease or it's some kind of mental it just belongs to the DSM four being gay because like they're clearly damaged, you know, but but I was like, okay, maybe they're gonna not it looks like maybe they're in the clear, but then they have suddenly Mafuyu being abused by his dad. I thought Oh yeah just randomly thrown in there. For no fucking I, reason, I like,
1: uh, <laughs> just I right. Oh, go ahead. I I have to intervene on this because I was going to talk about Slayer, but like you could probably all folks home wherever you may be listening, you could probably all sense my simmering like you know grrr, at the you know stuff with Hiragi and all that and his depiction of Yuki's suicide and you know what, like i said, conflicts about that bit confuses to its point or its execution. Whatever. You could cut, at least as I as I understand the story right now. You could cut the line in which um, Matthew reveals that you know he doesn't speak because his dad beats him. You could cut that from the show without consequence. At this point, it yep. is a footnote. Yep. Yep. I'm surprised it wasn't fucking Harvard reference because that's how little it match- actually mattered. I mean, here's the thing, right? Up until this point. My understanding of why Mafuyu was, you know, so introverted, so quiet, so, you know how do we, how shall we say it? Frugal with his words was because of what happened with Yuki. That would make sense. You can I can understand hmm. that, like, you know, that you know, especially even even despite my complaints, the actual context of their of what happened, which is that they argued, they yelled, they shouted at each other um just as Matthew does in this episode, which is, you know, a striking cont- contrast to how he's been presented before, and that makes him feel like his words have too much power, that, you know, he is too can be too forced with them. And I've had some screaming matches with people where I've friends like physically hurt people and I felt ashamed of it after the facts. So I can understand that. I that all put together in this hypothetical version of the show that sadly does not exist, to me makes sense. But apparently no, um Matthew is being you know abused by his father who we don't see nor do we see any physical depictions of that such as bruises cuts or the like he's just glum under a tree while some kid runs a airplane past him and I mean when I'm complaining that the Yuki element is not fleshed out enough as is and I'm concerned that it's not going to get its due diligence before the show's concludes can you imagine how concerned I am that they suddenly drop this massive thing in there I mean, they're, they're if you want not gonna, another show...
0: They're not going to do w- anything with it, is what sucks. No!
1: I, I mean, if you want another show that I could compare to, that I really really enjoy, never mind Orange, let's talk about Erased. Let's talk about Inazuki. Mm. Let's talk about her being abused. We saw that. We saw the physical signs on her face as Sasu was trying to, like, you know, help her for all this time travel bullshit. It wasn't treated as like, you know, oh, it was just a side thing. I mean, because in theory, it actually kind of was a side thing to the murder that happened, you know, to her murder. It wasn't the source of it, but it was something they solved anyway because it was important to solve to, like, you know, give her the life she was due. So I don't know if this is a function of limited time, but I'm staggered that a show can do so well with, like, Yueni Yama's own nascent sexuality that it can handle it with that kind of maturity and, you know, and empathy. That when it gets the coin flipped over to handling both, you know, suicide and domestic parental abuse, that it can barely, like, you know, handle something beyond a, I don't know, a footnote? I don't understand, I can't understand it, it's incomprehensible it to me. It's just
0: staggering, isn't it?
1: Absolutely yeah. staggering. And, like I say, three episodes to go, maybe we'll get more on it, but you can't, in my opinion, drop a pointer like that in an episode and then not at least have us know what his father actually looks like. We don't even know who he is. For that matter, where's, where's his mother? Like, apparently he and Yuki were re- like latchkey kids raised by single moms. What's the timeline of this? Was, was the fact that, you know, she was a single mother because of the fact she found out about the abuse? Like...
0: Ugh. I, so... So this element, plus what Kashima said, plus the suicide... Plus, like the possibility that one of our patrons raised of maybe like um, Mafu being on the spectrum, but it looks like that may be may, maybe that's uh, out now. If if we know for sure that the the or, or who knows? I mean, maybe it's maybe they're not mutually exclusive. Being being quiet because you're abused and also being autistic, who knows? But like all of this cumulatively together, just comes off as you know ah uh, well like the the fucking the the damaged uh gay boys you know are are going to be damaged gay boys and so much tragedy for them like it's like you said like they they ha- they seem to be handling Akihiko Oinoyama Haruki like really really s- well and and with a remarkable degree of sensitivity and i guess you could argue like well the show's doing it right in all these other areas like you know it's it, that's the saving grace you can't accuse it of like being completely tropey but it, this this episode just felt like borderline offensive in in how like low that it stooped to me, it, into all this. It, it really felt it felt icky. Um, I don't think it did uh, a, a service to either Mafuyu or Yuki or Akashima for that matter. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just felt... It, all those worries I had in, in episode one, right? Uh, hmm. Kind of came home to roost a little bit here. Um, in terms yeah. of really being in the muck of tropes that i think i'm just kind of really tired of and i think can be harmful
1: yeah i mean i remember you and i discussing this when we were covering the finale of banana fish and how even though it you could accuse it of having that you know gay tragedy element to it you know that because they are gay therefore they must be damaged or you know be incapable of living happily like and I was of the opinion, and still am, that I don't agree with that sentiment, but I understand how people can see it that way in Banana Fish. And then it becomes this, and I'm just like, what in the seven layers <laughs> of fucking hell am I looking at here? I mean, if I may, if I may make two points here, and you are going to absolutely hate me for the second point I'm going to make here. You are going to probably swear me off as a friend forever and always for the comment I have to make. <laughs>
0: Okay, let's
1: see. So, oh my god. In fact I'm gonna tell you it now because the other one's just left my memory because I'm so annoyed at it. But... <laughs> Mayu from Elfin Lead, her abuse arc was handled better than this. I am dead fucking serious. And I was fucking fuming over that shit. But it didn't pussyfoot around it for all its crappiness, at the very least. It didn't, you know, not show who his father was, or the acts, or the after effects thereof. Am I wrong?
0: I I, I haven't seen the show you're talking about. I don't know what you mean.
1: The, that's you've, you've done well there. You, you've done very well. I cuffed it on the podcast sometime. You should probably have a listen to it, actually, just to see how-
0: Ah! Much- <laughs> ah! God. Yep. I-
1: you know what? I could tell. You know what? I've I've learned over time how to tell, like you know, different tones of pain in someone's voice, and the tones that you're giving off now are the tones of, I fucking hate this guy for saying it, but he's right. That's why you're having that reaction. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell from it. I can tell from uh, your voice that you're like, I would if I had nothing else. I would punch him, but I would just say, I hate you because you're right. You fucking dickhead.
0: It it pains uh, me, me in a very deep, deep way
1: yeah <laughs> exactly um, I, I I know I I don't really know what else to say other than that you know what I've also realised actually as well that's kind of bothering me in a more mild element in the show you said like you know that Akihiko's being handled well but like are we going to ever you know get a resolution for the fact that he's basically in a love triangle between Ugetsu and you know uh, what was her name again? I've forgotten. Is it, it Mayoi? Or
0: no, Yayoi.
1: Yayoi. Yayoi, yeah. yeah. Are, are we gonna get a resolution for that? The two of, like these two people meet in front of Akiko and we've got nothing.
0: It was only uh, it was a moment for Haruki, that's about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, are we gonna are we gonna get some like involvement on you know of Yayoi in this or Ugetsu? Like, you know, because I was originally pra- praising the show for getting Haruki and Akiko involved on this. So, in fact, is this even a love square, shall we say? Because mm. Haruki's, like, Haruki's like, you know, oh, God, she's here. By the way, Yoyoi, looking nice. Yep. You look great. Um, But, like, we haven't had anything go any further than that, really, apart from that moment in which Haruki, you know, remembers that consent is something one should reasonably employ at all times. Um, But that's it. Like, there's no other action on it. I, mm. I'm looking back at everything that I've just said, and I actually. And, like, here's the thing, right? Folks. Probably in the next couple of hours after I finish recording this, I'm going to unleash my Akikan podcast on the world. And I, <laughs> I fucking hated that show with every fibre of my being. It is actually the anti given, I would argue, because it's a homophobic piece of shit. ...that deserves to be shot in the sun. Take it. It's crap. <laughs> uh, um, I'm not going to try... I, I had to physically restrain myself from making various Liam Neeson references <laughs> there. Right. Uh, but yeah, I did indeed utilise my special set of skills to talk about that show at length and how annoyed I was at it. But here's the thing, right? My annoyance and my anger at that, like, I unleashed it, like, with relish. I enjoyed being angry about it. I took a kind of masochistic pleasure... In ripping that show a new arsehole because it fucking deserved it. It deserved every bit of ire I gave it, and probably even more. When I say things like this about Given, you know what this feeling reminds me of? This, this, this is another show I'm excavating from our past. You know, after we entombed it deep in the earth to prevent a containment breach. Cardo, you remember how mad I got about that because of <laughs> how good it was, and Yo. then how it shat the bed so hard,
0: <laughs> so hard, just yeah, broke the bed. The-
1: yeah, and I was angry at that one, but I was angry in a way that like it's like you as a parent will know It's the distinction between being mad and being disappointed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm and I'm the latter. Your expectations. I mean and and this this show has kind of delivered much longer, at least twice as long as Kado. I feel like after episode four we were kind of like, Ah, Cado, what are you doing? But here we are, like, we've seven whole episodes of really, really good stuff. I feel like it, it surely by now people could, like, be like, oh, okay, all right. It may not stick the landing, but it's going to be a pretty good ride all the way through. But no, no, if it, it fell pretty hard here all the way, all the way in episode eight.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, here's the thing, right? We essentially have two parallel stories running and given, in my opinion. Uh, one of which is Uenigama's story. His story of realising who he is as a person, coming to terms with his sexuality, coming to terms with his feelings for Matthew, and trying not to, you know, let them infect him so much. Because he has shown, like, elements of jealousy for a person who's no longer around, as it happens. You know, like, I don't want mm. him to sing about someone else. That kind of thing. All very natural and understandable stuff. Like, even if you're an adult of our age... It's perfectly reasonable to be jealous or angry or upset about things that cannot be or things that you perceive will never be. And for me, that half of the story has been handled magnificently. As I say, even as a cishet man who himself has not really ever gone through question of sexuality, I've found this stuff to be engaging. I've found it to be mature, but not naive. It's a show that, whose existence, funnily enough, is one I want to become obsolete because it provides the message that people like Yama need right now in the times that we live in. That's how important I think this is. And yet, yeah, on the other hand, we have Matthew's story, which is one of, of trauma and pain and loss and suffering. And the thing that ties both of these stories together, believe it or not, is a common element, I think, of finding one's voice. Mm-hmm. I think that's the that's the er uh, statement for this show. Yeah. It's just that unfortunately, you know, when U- Anyama's story started to speak and find its voice, I was in When Matthew's story started to speak and find its voice, I had to I had to put my hands over my ears because I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And it and it hurts me to say that. And, and the thing is, I'll again stress, folks. Mileage is gonna vary on this one. If you think I'm talking completely out of my ass, you're all within your right to think that, and maybe I am. Maybe I am completely off base with all that we've discussed about what's happened with Matthew in this in this episode. And again, I hope that with the three episodes we have remaining, that we have resolution, satisfying, you know, resolution to everything that's happened, that fleshes things out, that reveals Hiragi's own, like, you know, perspective on the master as being the l- limited by design not because of incapability that's the distinction that I feel is important here I don't know what it is at the moment and maybe in turn this reaction is all a big prank on the show's part like aha we got you worked up and emotive and that's how we want it to be well
0: that's I'd be like, shitty <laughs> I'd be like damn you show that's... I'll shake my fist at you listen I you, you're you not I, I think if to like I, I don't know gosh I'm stuttering a lot And maybe someone in the comments will make me eat these words. But I feel like it's fair-minded people will say, well, you know, hold their hands up and say that up to this point in the show, through episode eight, like your, our, but particularly your, complaints are are valid. Like if if you are, I feel like... and if you're proven wrong it's going to be by future stuff in the show that we don't know now either that or people will say well you know in the manga this manga oh, that, that, it's handled oh, that really, really well which is fine which is fine and maybe that's indeed the case and and if so like that's that's great but um just bad at bad this covering the manga, I though. know at this point in time we are now um yeah i mean i just think mafuyu and yuki's stories have been Uh, They're just, uh, have been handled very amateurishly, which I didn't think I'd use that word when talking about the writing of this show, but I, I don't, I, I I can't see it any other way. No, nor can I. Well, is (sighs) uh, is there any other individual like moment or thing from the episode you wanted to talk about? If you want me to talk about something nice, I'll mention that I appreciated the framing of how
1: Mafia and Uenoyama meet in the street, but they're at 90 degree angles to each other and they say very little.
0: hmm
1: Like, yeah. that's nice. You know, the show continues to be technically good. Uh, I had a good chuckle at various jokes and I came up with myself in the episode that I've spent on Twitter, like the fact that apparently Uget's who lives in Aperture Sciences testing chambers. That's all well and fun. funny. Yeah i'm yeah. sorry but like when we got to see how big the basement was i was like nope that's a portal testing lab in fact maybe that's how he <laughs> key- maybe that's how kiko gets in there <laughs> maybe that's how he gets in there he doesn't walk down the stairs or he just whips his portal gun out and just walks through the door <laughs> if they had been eating cake then instead of bacon and eggs i'd probably just oh. walked away from the show entirely god fuck yeah. Um, or how about Ugetsu deciding that smoking in bed is totally cool and not the incredible fucking health risk that it is? Burn his entire fucking apartment down! Oh god, I'm going manic trying to make Degra- jokes to get over the fucking grabbing, shit we
0: Grabbing a cigarette out of someone's hand—bad anywhere, but on your bed, very, very bad. Uh, um, I, I, I liked the the ending sequence. Like, I. I'm hopeful that I'm going to be able to compartmentalize everything to do with Kashima and his stupid reveal and stupid flashbacks and just be like, okay, this is about the performance. This next episode is about Mafuyu expressing himself, getting it right, and maybe the drama of that will carry me forward because that final scene when Uenoyama l- kind of loses faith in him, right? And uh, is like, look it's we're gonna go no vocal. We're, we've been instrumental up to this point. That's what we're gonna do move forward and uh, you know, Mafuyu kind of is shocked and musters that defense of, uh, well, this is the first time I've ever heard you give up and he's just like, well, you need to wake the hell up we're about to go on and you haven't written anything. And, uh, it's an interesting yeah. little, interesting little test of faith, right? I mean, uh, you yourself brought up, I don't remember if it was on a given podcast or a Vinland saga one, but, uh, Abraham sacrificing his son and, you know, it is very much a, a test of faith as written d- in I the think Bible, might right? I you
1: actually, because I, I don't usually bring up Bible
0: references, I tend to refer more
1: to Batman than anything. (laughs) That's true. But I feel like you asked
0: me, you're like, who's Abraham But, But yeah, like he, God, uh, Yahweh says, hey, I need you to sacrifice your kid to me. And Abraham's like, all right. And so he goes and he's sad about it, but he's like, okay, I'm going to have faith in, in God that this is for the best. And then at the very last second when he's about to plunge his knife into his kid, disgusting. Uh he sees a a ram with his horns thought caught in like a, a thicket. It's like I've provided you a sacrifice because you were faithful to the so like he had to you know he stuck it out to the end and uh unfortunately Mafuyu has not. He's kind of abandoned his faith here in Mafayu. I I get where you're going from
1: with that and I agree. Uh but I do <coughs> But his here is unfortunately the thing with this right I joked in one of the previous episodes that Matthew's strings were wound too tightly I'm not sure now how I feel about that being made literal with that final moment where the guitar strings literally snap I I mean again your mileage is going to vary on that but like if I'm making jokes about stuff like that then it's probably being a bit too obvious that's all I'm going to say on that really I don't know, but i i mean in the you know in the listening of problems I had with this episode that like ranks like
0: fifth, yeah um, yeah it' it's, so so small. You, you, it's... sorry go on. no, I was gonna say so you didn't care for that, I don't know, yeah, I guess I didn't think about um, <laughs> I forgot you made that joke, um well, it's one so of those just, things as well, um yeah, where.
1: So- it's, it's one of those things where as well i think that my perception of that might have been colored by how i was feeling by the previous events like taking totally. the vacuum may, maybe out you know episodes are not things that you you can point to individual moments certainly but you can't deny that there are certain scenes that you know you feel something towards because of how it's built up and that's the entire point of filmmaking out are you mm-hmm. so although in this case that was intentional it wasn't made to make, meant to make me think oh god not this hackney mm-hmm. nonsense <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well, I I liked the visual of it, and I don't know. Maybe it represents something of like the uh, not just Mafuyu's sort of anxiety or whatever, and in his uh, tension, but like maybe sort of strings bonding him and Ueno Yama. Because didn't he put those on by himself after being taught how by Ueno Yama? And he's probably not they, changed they, since then.
1: They were talking originally about tuning, so that was definitely a part of it.
0: So maybe now, what it's like the chord sort of holding them together was snapped by his angry words, and and I mean, I, I'm sure Mafuyu will. He can't help but remember the last time he got in a fight with someone he cared about ending so badly. So I'm sure this is very traumatic for him. Mm. Um, but I. I I was in like the yes. What had come before was so it really bothered me a lot. But I, I that scene like that I was able to get back into the drama of it, and I am looking forward to the the performance and the relationship dynamic between the two leads in the next episode. I hope maybe we can just forget about Yuki. Maybe they just won't mention him again. That'd be to the show's benefit, I'd argue.
1: I, I actually disagree. I think that now they've gone as far as they have, they must uh, go further.
0: They have to. I know, you're right. You're right, though. But I feel like... I, I, I mean, just want to pretend what, what it's that, that? What was
1: that Dragon Ball quote, and this is to go even further beyond?
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, fuck. I... Do you have anything else to add about episode eight of Giving I mean... Time is
0: running out. I could not... Not really, you know, I mean, I wrote down the word rain and the word... I'm I'm so glad, I'm so glad, by the way, I wasn't writing paper notes because I just probably
1: scrawled the word fuck all over it. (laughs)
0: Like, uh. I wrote down disposable umbrellas and I was like, this plot line is a disposable umbrella. (laughs) 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 Which is, again, people are going to be mad. And I just um, let's, Yeah, I know let's end, you know, the compliment sandwich with the we we've we've done our thing on the front end about how we like it. We've laid into the problems you know the show for the problems we have with it here. And here comes the other bread. I still like this show. Still looking forward to watching it every week. I still think it has a lot of important things to say. Yes. No yes. show is perfect.
1: No, exactly. And again, just to reiterate like all the stuff that I've complained about here does not diminish the power of what came before, particularly with Ueno-Yama's scenes in the previous episode, in particular, the ones of Akiko. Like, they alone, for me, like, you know, are worthy of preserving and worthy of, like, g- genuine, like, real merit. Mm. To the point, at least, you know, as they are right now, it's like I say, like, this is the kind of message people like Ueno-Yama need at this time. In as And I mean, like, you know, in the world we live in for real hopefully someday it'll be a message that doesn't need to be said not because you know i don't believe in it personally but rather because it doesn't need to be said anymore because we've become better as a people you know better as a race you know better as society so i think that that's still fantastic and yep. i just want to restress that and finally one of the i feel i need to point out as well just again to offer some perspective on myself and doc here and um, the way we feel about this show It's all very well and good for us to, as, you know, cream-coloured, you know, cishet knobheads, (laughs) to, you know, wax lyrical on the problems that we had with the scenes in this episode. But, I think that, you know, ultimately, we should, you should treat what we've said on this as kind of like throwing a signal flare up in the sky, like of something going wrong. But there are people, probably people much smarter than me for certain, who can, truly shine a light on it firsthand who are you know because they are gay or lesbian or queer or bi etc who would be much better suited for you to seek a, a complimentary opinion from about this show for good or for bad that's something that i feel is just important to keep reiterating with this that don't let you know your understanding of given or you know the readings you take from it or the you know commentaries you get from it start and end with worried Desho. show go further afield Go speak to people who themselves who have been through the kind of thing that Wayne Yama has, or even the things that Matthew have been uh, Matthew's been through. Like, get their opinions from it. Don't just listen to us. Essentially, as much as we again, like you know, love having people do that, and like again, we're glad that people wanted us to cover this show. We also have to recognise our limitations, and accept that they are there, and make sure that you similarly are aware of them, so you can get as complete and beneficial the picture as you can about this show's strengths but also its weaknesses here here indeed Right. Well, on that depressing note, uh, I'm now going to go and drink an entire six pack in a single go with six straws simultaneously, because that's the kind of mood I'm in. Um, Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Um, I want to give a special extra thanks to our lovely patrons who do make this possible. Uh, Your support is fantastic, and it's just been a joy this year to see that happen and come to the fore that it has. I'm honestly really humbled by it both that you know, people would want us to cover this particular show and also that people would be willing to pay for early access to see or to hear us cover this particular show. If you're catching this at a later point where this has now become publicly available and you're thinking to yourself do you want to catch this fresh and hot, you know, out of the fridge, uh, or the oven for that matter.
0: Uh, <laughs> hot out of the fridge.
1: <laughs> that's how baked my brain is. I'm on four hours sleep. I'm kind of half annoyed, <laughs> half like, you know, tetchy. So right. I suppose that's not understandable. I'm going to start speaking in tongues in a minute. <laughs> uh, that translate from tongues... Yeah, that translate from Tongs, by the way, was why not consider becoming a patron of War Show for as little as $2 a month? That'll get you Discord access. If you go on higher tiers, you can get things like access to early patron content, both on shows like Given that happen week to week, plus one-shots we do, like the one I did on Shield Hero or the Aggretsuko Paradox essay I did. And if you go even higher than that, if you take it to the top level of $5, you can even request us to cover shows. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe watch Turgid Horrible Shit again. Because... <laughs> My life is punishment and <laughs>
0: suffering. So, so so far, I've been given good things. I'm working on a... Uh, I, I think this is going to be... I'm going to make this as a video rather than as an audio first. Um, I'm working on... I was meant to cover the entirety of Kino's journey by request, but after the first freaking episode, I was like, okay, i gotta got to make a thing about this first episode. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, gonna, I'm slowly writing a thing uh, and and I've watched it a couple times, probably watch it a, another couple times to wrap my brain around it and uh, it's gonna be weird and speculative and hopefully interesting
1: <laughs> sounds good though, uh, I'll be covering more stuff in the near future as well including uh, a special surprise shit show because um, I've not already had enough pain in my life I can't uh, believe I'll you're be...
0: doing this by the way I yeah. know what it is and I can't I just can't believe I can't I cannot Yeah I'm a sucker for punishment you know I'm sad I wasn't I'm... included on it honestly Because <laughs> It's a thing that I hate quite a lot <laughs> And I would really enjoy uh... Ripping it apart Verbally well, you're just going to have to listen to me sound like my soul's evacuating
1: from my body. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> uh, but anyway, on that note, folks, uh, we will indeed be back for giving episode nine. I am willing to, you know, keep going with the show. Well, of course I'm going to keep going with the show, By I mean, by which I mean, I'm willing to see what happens next because... On the whole, I still believe that there could be something that will make up for this coming around the corner, and I'm willing to give it that chance. I feel I owe it to do so. Uh, Doc, of course, will be joining me there. Uh, If you have any feedback in the meantime or give us any thoughts on uh, how we're getting on, don't hesitate to contact us at Twitter at Show. But otherwise, uh, until next week when we cover Given Episode 9, as always, everyone, embrace each other. It's the end of the universe.
0: Mm -hmm. Good night.